0: The Lance Wall Now Show is coming at you live from the Master himself, with a special broadcast taken from one of Lance's most recent appearances. Tune in and get ready for some major revelation. So go to uh, Psalm 2, and I'll uh, land a... i will land I guess I should just say this real quickly, just because you're such a smart group, and I don't know when I'll ever be back again. This last phase for sheep and goats, This is kind of an eye-opener to many folks. I learned this from uh, a Jewish-Hebrew professor who has a book called The Virtue of Nationalism. I advise you to look at it. And as as an Israelite, as a Hebrew professor, he says that there's always been in history tribalism, which results in anarchy, this tribe against that tribe, that can unify and so half and McCoys make it hard for you to even have business in town. He said that over here we have empire. And so from the earliest period of time we have Egypt ruling the earth, then we have Babylon ruling the earth, then we have the Greeks moving ruling the earth with Alexander, then we have the Roman Empire and curiously enough, even Catholicism falls in the category of an empire. It subdues and assimilates. Empires do not respect boundaries. They assimilate everything into itself. Tribalism is hyper-boundary fixated, so you can never build a healthy, prospering, flourishing community, because everybody's against everybody else, based upon the color of your skin, your religion, your origin, or whatever. Into that mix, God, according to Professor Hazani, God put the modern nation state. And Israel was the first one. He gave this nation of Israel 12 tribes that were unified as one nation. The 12 were brought together as one. Brought together with a common faith. Brought together with a common language. Brought together with, uh, with common, uh, common geography. So watch how this works. A nation state is an entity that has borders and boundaries. It has a language which is common to it. And it has a unifying faith or culture. So that even though you're in these separate 12 zones, it's small enough so that it is able to encompass the diversity of tribes, but big enough so that if an attack comes from here, you and your tribe feel as one defending your nation. So I don't know the kid from Boston, and the kid in Boston doesn't know the kid from San Diego. But when World War II happened, or Pearl Harbor happened, or 9-11 happened, they both fought under the American flag because the flag becomes a symbol of the nation state. Satan, through the Marxist universities and system, burning the flag, destroying the flag, it's not a protest about America. When we had the first million came over the border with Mexico, the Soros-funded activists chanted the following, no borders, no walls, no USA at all. No borders, no walls, no USA. No I could get the no borders and no walls, but no USA? See what they're saying? That's the spirit of the empire. And the empire becomes the beast. Now, if you want to know the battle of the last days, this entity here is what you call sovereign nations. Why the attack on nationalism? Because nationalism believes in this. I believe in Brazil's right to be a glorious nation. I Even Jesus believes in nations or he wouldn't have started creating them. And in the book of Revelations, evangelism ends healing ends but you could say the church ends because the whole globe is one being ecclesia but what doesn't end nations it's weird that the one thing that goes into eternity is the thing we least value now nations go into eternity and the rulers of nations bring their glory into the city read the 21st chapter of revelation in the new heaven with the new earth evidently god likes nations because he's gonna keep them going in eternity and those nations have rulers and the rulers bring. because in nations you have diversity of the expression of the beauty of God. It's like a stained glass window. When the sun comes up, it's not all one color. I wanna see the Lakota tribe. I wanna see the Jewish people. I wanna see the German and each of these entities here that has a nation state, a boundary. And, And the apostle Paul said, God has set the times and the boundaries. Four nations, if haply they may seek after God. Now he's talking about this has a time period on it, and this has a time period on it, and the thing that determines its time is whether it finds God when it's seeking God, which means a nation can have an extension of time if they find God, which is why we are all praying for this awakening to happen. We instinctively know that if we have an awakening, then God might give us an extension of time and America might find mercy rather than judgment. Does that make sense? no reason why we can't win this battle. They're losing, everything they touch falls apart. Everything they do doesn't work. It's just that there's not a courageous people that are speaking and calling it out. And then like Dinesh D'Souza said the other night, he said, you're not gonna take on 500 universities and change them, I'm sorry. The disease has gone too far. It started as Christian. The problem is with something is Christian and it goes demonic, it's seven times harder to get it back. I can't tell you why, but let's say a person who is young and open to love, if they have a bitter, bad marriage with betrayal and injury, they're seven times harder to win to trust the next relationship than they were when they had not been betrayed. These high places, once they're occupied, are harder to break free. So what you have to do is you have to create alternative systems. What was the Reformation? The Reformation was a priest who said, we need to change this. where the Catholic Church has said, no way. And the priest said, well, I can't change because God showed me this. And they said, oh, you will recant or you'll die. He said, well, here I stand. God, help me. I can say nothing else. And he split Europe in half because God chose to make Martin Luther the, the challenge to reform in the Catholic church. And if the church wouldn't reform, they'd have competition from a new entity. Jesus would divide from the church, a new church. So you understand states are right now, the laboratory of the division in the United States. You may not like it. Maybe you haven't thought about it. The states are like the Protestant church. The Catholic, the federal government doesn't want to change. We can try to change it. We can keep doing Hail Marys and try to win it over. I'm not sure we can go back and repeat the Trump era. And even the knucklehead people that I work with don't even want to support Trump even now. Even if he's a candidate, they don't want to associate with It's like, oh, you vague. So, okay. But the states are where the Protestant Reformation is. That means that locally, you still have influence over your own mayor's office, your legislative, your own state, your businesses. Closer to home, the more spiritual authority you have. Does that make sense? So what God does is he said, well, Dinesh said, we need to raise up a digital university that can have access to, because they're not training and teaching you anymore. They're not even grading you, by the way, in these schools. They're creating a grading system that would allows anybody to pass by participating because they consider it to be a white man's thing to actually evaluate performance so they're eradicating that as an unequal so do you really want to have plastic surgery done by somebody that isn't certified by a board that tests their competency when you come up with a third eye after your surgery you got to be happy about that so here's the deal Denis says maybe we need to have a digital university something where we can have the world's best teachers in all seven areas and he starts naming my mountains We need them in media and in journalism and in law and in government and in economics and in business and in art and in digital. We could have our own university online where people actually are taught by the best and it's open to everyone, but there's a criteria to graduating and you have to have competency in order to get recognition. Now think about that. He's saying we need to create competing systems. So I want you to be open to the fact that God is, and your competing systems are closer at the federal level, it's moving like the beast. But at the local level, it's moving like the sheep. So you wanna occupy those high places, does that make sense? There are stories in the Bible that are actually so amazing. Imagine if God gave you a dream and he said to you, ask me anything that you wish and I'll give it to you. Well, that actually happened. Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. Suppose God was to ask you if you wanted the ability to open up heaven with your prayer life so that you could come up into this very presence and see his plan and his purpose and his detailed blueprint for what you're called to do. And then suppose God added to that and said, and I'm going to give you the power over every demon and earthly circumstance that gets in your way when you want to administrate that vision. I'm going to give you kingly power and priestly access to the throne of God at the same time. That's the end time move of God, folks. It's called the Melchizedek Spirit. Jesus comes to us, the Bible says, in a new order. It's called the Order of Melchizedek. We've seldom seen it manifest in the church, but it's showing up now where God is giving to his people the royal priesthood authorization to be able to see what heaven wants to do, pray prevailing prayers, and administrate that prayer right over the works of hell. We're seeing amazing answers to prayer. We're seeing new testimonies happen every day. I want you to get this special teaching, Lancewalla.com forward slash Mel. That's short for Mel Kisadek. forward slash Mel. You don't want to miss it. This is Fresh Revelation, hot off the press. In Iran, where they're having revival right now, 20% of the population is coming to Jesus. Interesting interesting study. For all I know, Iran could end up, no, another no, they're kind of crazy. They got the mullahs and they want nuclear technology and they're trying to provoke a war with Israel. But here's the interesting thing. The, uh, it has a high potential of being a Sheik nation, strangely enough, much as it doesn't look like it. I'll tell you why. Because the elites that control the top of the mountains are out of agreement with the majority of the population who don't like them, and that's not a good place to be in. Now you have populist unrest. Uh, communist China is deathly afraid that a billion people will not like their government. That's why they crack down on any bad information, because they know they don't have enough people to control a billion people. So in Iran, the churches are affecting government because they identify the top three, pray for rulers and those that are in authority that we may lead a godly and peaceable life. Correct? Do you know the top three people in education in South Dakota you need to be praying for? No, because we don't, we don't pray for rulers and those are in authority. Most of us, we didn't even pray for Biden. We're probably half of that provoked by him. So here's your problem. We're not even doing the biblical formula. Pray, you have to pray for Nero. Even if you don't like Nero, you know why? You can at least bind some of Nero's demons. Pray for them, not against them. Pray for them. And God will release a boomerang and come back to you and bless you and bind up what's on them. Anyway, do you know the top three? Where what they do in Iran. They identify the top three influencers in entertainment, the top three influencers in academia, the top three influencers in government, the top three influencers in corporate business. And they're having breakthrough revival because as they're praying for those that are rulers and authority beyond the government into all seven sectors, they're invading all seven and termiting the devil down in Iran. You ought to know who the leaders are in your community. You ought to be asking God, well, who are you going to pray for? Who's the principal in the school? How are you going to get involved with the school system? You don't have to get involved with the school system as an irritating Pentecostal. Get involved with the school system and help it. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name right now. Put your hands up. I'm praying that everyone here that prayed in tongues a little while ago, everyone here has a divine assignment. There's a part of the wall that you're called to, the Lord says. Nehemiah's project touches you. There's a wall adjacent to your house. That's how Nehemiah divided the work. Meaning there's an area that touches your heart in the community you live. That area that touches your heart, God will supernaturally empower you to rebuild. One brick at a time, one life at a time. And if God calls you to the gates, rejoice. Rejoice. Because you're going to move to handle the traffic of what hell and heaven are going to authorize to come into the territory. You're going to bind hell and release heaven. And as the wall is built, and it's a great wall, to big wall, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, gather together for your aglow meeting. Gather together for the aglow updates. Because God will give you the trumpet sound as to what's happening in the various member states because testimonies are going to arise of supernatural ecclesia building projects on the walls and on the gates you'll have a blueprint that the nations are looking for you'll have a blueprint that the rest of the intercessors are looking for and god says i'll prosper you and drop down from heaven a divine blueprint of how to rebuild walls and occupy gates so that my house could be glorious and i'll fill it with my silver and my gold and you'll not suffer lack in the time to come in jesus name amen My wife did something, so she comes home one day. This Nehemiah Project's very real. She comes home one day and she goes, I heard about these kids that are living in cars and in in vans with their mothers. Can you believe it? And it's not in a foreign country lands. It's not like we're giving away money for like Heidi Baker, Moses. I mean, this is right in Fort Worth. And Laura says to me, she's really stirred up about this. I go, yeah, she really is. Laura says, it's me all her life she's been getting behind what you do i want you to get behind what i'm giving her all right so i my friend nancy hansen we were helping her with dutch sheets and me we were up doing intercessory work in philadelphia and she and we did it on our anniversary and so she heard about that and she paid for dinner for annabelle and me to go out to dinner at the in philadelphia for our anniversary i sat down and normally i'm sharing what i'm doing she's talking talk with the kids oh she had to tell me her vision for furnishing these families and she's going to have a city and she's going to have this seven mountain city. It's a 7M city and she's going to have real estate and she's going to take care of these widows and these children. And we're going to take care of these single moms. And we're going to take, I'm listening to her. And normally I'd stop her halfway through and start asking her some questions. Like, well, said, whoa, 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 whoa? what are we talking about here? What but the Lord said, let her go. This is your anniversary. And this is her time. So I just listened to that whole story. Well, next thing you know, I come home and the doorbell's ring, and I'm finding these boxes showing up from Amazon. Now she's got furnishing families of Texas. Okay, so they've had like over 500 or 600 house uh, apartments where a single mom comes home and had nothing and then she comes home and the whole thing is furnished. Beds, artwork, couches, carpets, everything. Oh, you know what it's like? And I, I say it's too bad we don't have a you know a TV program that can cover that because it's nothing like walking in and, and you come into a house fully furnished and you had nothing. And the kids are jumping up and down on the beds and they're running around because they got little playrooms and stuff like that. It's over 500 dreams have been fulfilled. And these people all know Jesus did it because we tell them this is like God's doing this. This isn't a government program. This isn't something the taxpayers pay for. This is people love Jesus blessing you. So it's kingdom, it's it's how you you really deal with uh, changing the race war as you actually get involved with the poverty is people are happy to be blessed. And then, then so you put a whole different face. And I know I'm freaking them out because a lot of the black community, they're not used to people like me, wandering around and doing what we do, we're weird. And even the people that work with us from the community, they get persecuted by their own tribe. Why are they hanging out with us? Because the devil wants to tell them white people are all bad. But all those kids, 11 years old and younger, love me because I'm like Willy Wonka. I grab them all, put them all in my car. Uh, they're Latino, Hispanic, getting all their names straight and black. And, it's, and, I, and I'm taking them all to church. And they're not, they're not racially poisoned yet. And they're all my, they're my kids. And so they're, I'm on the way down here. I'm on the phone with one of them, you know, talking to him because he picked up, picked up a duck at my property and is taking them home. Anyway... What I'm saying is the Nehemiah Project for me is a prophetic reality. The funding is there. I don't forget. I was trying to figure out how am I going to pay for this? I got my own ministry. I got to do TV. I got to get my own stuff out there. And Annabelle's the Lord says, and I know the Lord's saying to me, What you, you don't think I can do this? I go, I know, Lord, I'm getting stretched right now. And I remember one time I did a men's retreat and I had this real rich friend of mine. I was helping his business out. I was out doing a bunch of CEOs. The Lord said, Don't tell them about any of your needs. The boy. All right, Lord, so I'm not, to, all these rich people, they were telling about I need, they do think I'm independently wealthy. Well, I'm not. I've lived by faith, but I'm out there thinking, oh, you know what, these guys could pay, I could make easily seven to 10, 15, 20,000 hours that weekend, I can't even talk about it because the Lord said, don't talk. So we're driving home and the CEO goes, I go to the bathroom, we pulled over to go get lunch at a Mexican restaurant and I, I come out and he's there desperate at the table, the Lord got a hold of him, he said, Lance, you won't let me write a check but there's some I gotta do something for you here. You're helping our company. I said, brother, you gotta help me. Annabelle, Annabelle's got this huge vision, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm, I'm Bernie my heart. I want her to be my prayer partner because Annabelle's vision's so big, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do. And I didn't mean it this way. But I said, I think I'm gonna need like forty thousand a month to underwrite her. And he looks at me and goes, Well, I can't do 40, but I'll do 20. I go, well, I wasn't bringing it up. I'm not trying to drop a hand. I'm just telling you, I'm trying to get an answer to prayer. How am I going to do this? He said, well, I'll do 20. And then I think maybe we can send one of my business people. We can help her economize a little bit more. Maybe we can just help her save some money. So I got her a $20,000 a month partner just off of me sharing the burden of, I don't know how to do this. Just like the worship team up here. I'm over here and them say, listen, we're getting, we're sick. We got financial problems. I'm listening to them thinking, oh my gosh, well, I can help them. It doesn't solve all their problems, but it's psychologically, it's evidence. The help is on the way. A thousand a month goes a long way when you don't have a thousand a month. So I want you all to know the Nehemiah Project's real and I'll work with you. I'll help you because my priority is where the, that's why I'm going to the swing states. It's not like they're calling for us in Wisconsin. I'm not hearing the cry of my people in Michigan. I hear them in Florida. But the need is up there. I'll tell you something. I didn't preach today, but I was going to tell you Psalm 2. I was working on my book, and I was saying, Lord, this sheep nation, I'm not hearing anybody talk about it. Derek Prince wrote about it. Gordon Lindsay wrote about it, but it wasn't their era. And America looked like it was a strong Ronald Reagan country back then. They didn't see what was coming down the pike. But I'm looking, Lord, there's so much teaching and I'm I'm getting the heat. I got rolling stones and all these people after me. And so I gotta have an answer for them. And I go to Psalm 2 and I'm reading, why do the nations range and the the kings of the earth, you know, take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. And uh, I'm reading it and I look up on the internet, I go, sheep nations, sovereign nations, I'm looking for anything. I found one obscure theologian, 1934, and here's what he writes. He writes, Adolf Hitler is rising in Germany. Joseph Stalin has risen in Russia. Mussolini has risen in Italy. Surely we are seeing a world war forming and the shaking of everything will be shaken. And on the lips of everyone who is a student of prophecy is—is is this the rise of the antichrist? Our eyes are particularly on Mussolini and Hitler at this point, as they are galvanizing their population behind their rhetoric. He said, "But the Lord has shown me that it is not the end, and none of these is the antichrist. How do I know?" It's Psalm two. Because the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands off of us and let us break their yoke. In Acts 4, the apostles appropriately associated Jesus as being a fulfillment of that, where Pilate and Herod and the uh, Jewish leaders conspired together to kill him. So in a fulfillment of type, that was the fulfillment. And when Jesus, I want, I want you guys just to take a look at this. You got to see this, and I'm going to wrap it up. Where's my Bible? Right here. You guys got you got your Bible? You got to see this because this is so important. I believe the end time church is about to rise, but you have to have faith to see it because a lot of people are just seeing us getting weaker and weaker, and they're all worried about the future. You've got to see the future God has. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. We haven't yet seen that outpouring. When that outpouring comes. I'm telling you, God wants us to be in a position for this end time move. So this writer says, this is not the end. Do you know why? Because Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin and none of these potential antichrist understudies is leading a is a coming against a church movement. They're coming against each other. The issue in Psalm 2 is Christ and his anointed people. And it's a company of people, not an individual. Watch this. Why are the nations in an uproar and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand. That's political. And the rulers take counsel together. That's Davos. This is the economic titans. Do you know right now that there are 20 corporations that have greater income than whole countries on the earth? meaning we're living in the era where it's not just nations anymore, it's transnational corporations and nations, which is why Davos ought to worry you, because it's where Apple and IBM and and, uh, Exxon executives meet with heads of state in Brussels, and they conspire together to link their economic and political agenda against the masses. Kings of the earth take their stand. The Davos rulers take counsel together. The Communist Party of China takes counsel together against the Lord, that's Jesus, and his anointed. Well, it's the Lord and. That means it's two parts. You're called the body of Christ. What is Christ? The anointed. The word Christos is anointed one. The body of the anointed. That's what you are. You're the body of the anointed saying let us tear break there notice the word circle the word there it doesn't say his see if it was just coming against jesus it would be let us break his but the actual is plural there in the in the, in the hebrew it's it's there and this, what does this tell me Let us tear their fetters, cast away their cords. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. He'll speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury. He's going to say, I have installed my king upon my holy hill. I will surely tell the decree. You are my son today. I've begotten you. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. What you're looking at there is the first conversation Jesus had with the father when he opened his eyes in his resurrection body. Today I brought you up. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Last words, Jesus says. Jesus could not have raised himself from the dead. You know why? Because he committed his resurrection to the Father. Why? He didn't die for himself. He died as your substitute. He didn't have to be crucified for his sins. He was crucified for your sins. So when he says, I'm the substitute, I'm standing in their stead. I'm taking the price for them and I just like them, I don't have the power to raise myself and go to heaven. I'm gonna take their position even in death. Do with me what you want, Father. And he sinks into death. He gives up the spirit, the Bible says. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Three days later, the father says, today I brought you up. Today I took you out. Today you went down and you left it in my hands and today I bring you up. Now, first thing the father says, ask i'm going to give you nations now why would the father say ask for nations because jesus never asked for nations jesus never asked for nations because you know what jesus asked for you father i don't pray for the world i don't pray for nations. i pray for those whom you've given me for they are mine i am thine and i am glorified in them i pray for them those who you gave me I pray that you keep them from the evil one. He was praying for the treasure. You died for the treasure in the field. You were the treasure. And the father said, you bought the field. Why don't we go for the nations? You've got the treasure. You've got your bride. You've got your body. You've got your people. Now, what about the earth? Ask. You haven't asked for that. Ask now. Well, Jesus always did what the father wanted. So father, give me the nations that you will be glorified. Now, what's the first thing Jesus does when he comes back and starts training his disciples, he starts updating them. All power in heaven and earth, hit, hit your feet on the ground. All power on earth has been given to me. Therefore go make disciples of nations, teaching them to observe everything I taught you, teach the nations. They're to practice this in their nation, not just in their prayer closet, but in their life, going out and coming in, in every part of culture and community. They're to practice bringing the power of the age to come into the age that is. Does that make sense to you? This writer opened my eyes to something. The issue that the end-time global government, the beast system, the one world government is going to be upset with, is the anointed body of Christ is interrupting their agenda. And what that writer said is, the church is not the issue that World War II is gonna be fought over, but the church will be the issue in the last days because the rulers will be frustrated by the church keeping them from their agenda. The body of Christ is binding them up. They wanna break that binding off of them. They're gonna persecute us because we become too strong a hindrance on their agenda. We're not there now, but that's where we're heading. Does that make sense to you? That's what Psalm 2 says. If it's not there, I don't know why it says, break their bonds. The churches, just as Jesus was the issue in Jerusalem, the body of Jesus will be the issues among the nations. And they will convene to deal with this movement. I wanna be part of that movement. I want to give Jesus the answer to his prayers. And if nothing else, I want to give him a chunk of every nation. And when he comes on his glorious throne, he's gonna sit on his glorious throne, he's gonna gather the nations before him, he's gonna separate them into two groups, sheep and goats. I want my reward to be because I gave Jesus what he wanted. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.